Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Why, hello, hello, hello. It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for Gaming Gumbo, our weekly gaming wrap-up show. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, as always. And sorry, no show last week. One of our hosts got ill. We tried to get a fill-in, and it it just just didn't work out. So we're back this week, although just barely. We'll talk about that in a second, too. Uh, And programming note, no show next week. So, yeah, (laughs) I'll be in North Carolina at Final Fantasy uh, trading card games Materia Cup at Game Theory in Raleigh, North Carolina. So if you're in the area, stop by and say hi. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on audio uh, audio, audio platforms, Audible, iTunes, wherever, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Give it a like, a thumbs up, a subscribe, turn on those notifications, leave a comment, and tell your friends. Of course, you can always head on over to readycheckradio.com. The site's right there on your screen if you're watching the video. All the socials are in the upper right. You can follow us so you'll know exactly what's going on and when, whether it's a show, a stream, or whatever. Joining me today, feeling better, hopefully feeling better, Mr. Dom Greco. What's up, sir? Hello. How's it going? Yeah, I am feeling much better. Thank you for asking. Good, good, good. Good, good. Yeah, you fell a little ill last week. We kept mm-hmm. trying to ping Noob Fridge. Uh, to be fair, Flynn did offer to, to fill in, too. But as you'll see, one of our topics would have been a little bit, you know, you got 10 pages of shit to go through before the show starts in two hours. So couldn't reach yep. Noob Fridge, so we canceled. We're back this week. Dom feeling better. We're ready to talk about it also on the line. Resident artist of Ready Check Radio, Yod. What's up, sir? Are you sure it's weekly? Are, are you sure you don't want to switch to mon- the monthly wrap up show? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Just like really bizarre timing. We had a run. We we're going to have a run of like six shows before I had to go out to Final Fantasy again. Right. And, Turned into a run of three instead. So, uh, you know, it happens. We almost didn't yeah. have a show today because your we internet did. crapped. I know. I know. AT&T bites, and, and, and we had to switch again. But, I mean, you know, anything for the show, right? we right. got to switch, you know, yeah. make, make the show better. I have switched one- providers. You have switched providers. <laughs> and in, in a short amount of time, Dom will be switching mm-hmm. providers as well. So, yep. All for yep. the show. Uh, I also I won't be here the first week of August. Okay, <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out. No biggie. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> no biggie. Advanced we'll figure it out. Helps. We figure it out on two weeks' notice or two de- two hours' notice. So don't worry. Yeah. Like, that's like a yeah, month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even gonna uh, worry about it. Chat October joining us is also gonna be a nightmare. Yeah, well, that pretty much is for everybody. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. most of us around here are huge Halloween buffs, so October gets a little messy to begin with. Anyway. Uh, we'll figure Kelly. it all out. We'll make it work. <laughs> Nobody watches this shit anyway. Or so, in Vegas, yeah. I mean. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Chat joining us live. I'm sure ready to chime in. So right now, gents, we are eagerly awaiting a decision <laughs> from the judge in the FTC versus Microsoft case trying to block the purchase of Activision Blizzard. We're still mm-hmm. awaiting the judge's decision on that. As of this recording. So if it happens afterwards, unlikely. But if it did, there you go. Uh, As of this recording, we're still waiting. Now, 
I think most of us still uh, eventually think this is going to go through, right? I think probably. so, yeah. Yeah, pro- it's yeah. probably going to go through. Whether it will be actually good for the industry or not, that's a different Rem- story. Remains but, to be seen. Yeah, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, I, I think they'll eventually let it go through. Probably some caveats to it. little negotiation here and there type yep. deal. Yep. Yep, because it it is it is a, li- a little bit uh, monopolyish. No, heading in that direction. I don't think heading it, in that direction. No, direction. No. I mean, just the purchase makes it the third largest company. Like it's it's nowhere near a a monopoly case, and the FTC isn't making that case because they can't. No, no, right, that, right. They but cannot I mean, if you look, that case. if you look at all the stuff Microsoft is trying to acquire or has tried to acquire, like. Sega, for example, which right. is not happening, but they're 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 approaching the territory where there is concern for it. They yeah, but are not Microsoft's there yet. Microsoft's always been on that. Like, I'm not setting a. Uh, I'm yeah. not saying, hey, Microsoft wouldn't be interested in trying to become a monopoly <laughs> in a particular field. Pick your field here, whether it's gaming or just right. computing in general or operating systems. Yeah. But they've already had those troubles. So, right, like the FD, the FTC went after them years ago uh, over Windows uh, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So. I'm not saying Microsoft is above trying to become a monopoly. I'm just saying this case has nothing to do with a monopoly no, no, at no. all. No. I just think it's got some indications of a direction. That's all. Eh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but the FTC not making that case. No, no, no. Not no. making that yep. case. And they couldn't. Uh, most no. countries, by the way, have already approved this. The, right, the, out, the outstanding ones are one here in the United States, FTC mm. taking them to court. Uh, the UK, their their CMA denied the deal, so there are appeals ongoing there. And Canada's still kind of mulling it over. They're they're still kind of mulling it over. Right. They've got their own questions. They haven't like formally denied them yet, but they they've got their own questions, which they made clear in the U.S. courts uh, because Activision tried to maybe misportray everybody's opinions on this whole thing, and Canada say. said. Hold my Fosters. Um, it, wait, I mean, Fosters isn't can- Canadian. What's the Canadian? No, no, no. Modelo. Let's let's. Is Modelo so, Canadian? No, no. What no. happens? What's in a the Canadian beer? Give me a Canadian beer. Don't, don't Canada Dry. Coffee? No, that's not right. That's I, I, not I thought they right. Had that, Labatt, that we'll do, we'll use Labatt shop, Blue. Labatt it. Blue. We'll use Labatt. Uh, Molson. <laughs> that's the one I was trying to think Molson? of. Molson. Molson. Because I was like, it's a bigger company. Yeah. Molson. I I don't know. Canada said, so, "Hold my Molson." The joke doesn't what, work. The what happens, five minutes later. What happens if it goes through everywhere, but like the UK? Like, what are what yeah, does that actually? Do? It's an interesting thing, and it's happened before um, mm-hmm. with other companies and things like that. You have to either not operate there at all, or find a different way. And Activision has already kind of, not Activision. Microsoft has kind of uh, backdoor threatened that what they will do is they will pull ABK out of the UK and then sell products into the company through distributors okay. uh, in, instead of operating within its borders. Um, so there's substantial, like, a you know, it's kind of like a, do you want to be responsible for sending all these jobs to other countries? You know, like right. one of those backroom threats. Um, or you can come to, and, like, negotiations, like you were saying, Yad, where you're like, okay, yeah. in the UK, we're willing to do this if you approve the deal type thing. Right. But we're learning quite a bit from... <laughs> 
this lawsuit. And a lot of it we really shouldn't be learning. <laughs> Mm. No, 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 no. But I, before before we go into that, I just want to say like the overwhelming thing to me is if this doesn't go through, Microsoft still has to pay what three billion dollars yeah. in yes, yes. breakup fees to <laughs> Activision, to yes. Activision Blizzard. Yes. Like that is basically here's three billion dollars for doing nothing. Like they they they've still got to take him for that breakup dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That really expensive breakup dinner where it's very public so that they won't make a scene. <laughs> it, it blows my mind. Yep. It blows my mind. Uh, this is the way contracts work. Billion. Contracts. Billion. With a B, with a B mm -hmm. on the table mm -hmm. if the deal falls yep. through. Uh, we should have a decision soon. I know like July 18th was one of the dates that yeah. you know, is kind of important in this whole sequence, even though they, you know, they can both agree to extend certain dates if they think things are going the way they want them to. Uh, right. But we should have a, a decision here soon. And then, of course, if it's not in Microsoft's favor, I'm sure that there will be an appeal process that will lengthen this even more. But, yeah, there are potential ramifications for the deal not going through or not going through on a certain timeline that Microsoft could be shelling <laughs> out some money for no reason, um, mm -hmm. which I'm sure makes Bobby Kotick very happy uh, <laughs> with his little grin there. But yeah, yeah, so here's one thing that I don't like. In all the reporting, there have been, you know, most of your mainstream news outlets have just been kind of recapping what's going on. Could we please stop on YouTube uh, content creators calling everything a bombshell? Uh, this changes <laughs> the landscape of this suit. Uh, uh, honestly, there was one thing in this entire spill of information that surprised me in any way. The rest of it, I was like, yeah, it's interesting to hear the quiet part out loud, but that's what I assumed would have been going on in the background anyway. The would, would, one, you, call, would you call it the bombshell? Though? No, no, I still wouldn't. I would say, okay. ah, uh, that's pretty damning to your case. <laughs> that's pretty damning to your case. <laughs> okay. Day one, when Microsoft reveals, we have an email from Jim Ryan to other Sony executives when the stuff was announced. Uh, when the potential purchase was announced, where the other executive is saying, hey, you know, they could make Call of Duty exclusive. And Jim Ryan says, I am not worried about Call of Duty becoming exclusive at all. That's not what this play is for. This play is for mobile and for cloud. We're totally fine. Mm. And then months later, when they start fighting it out in courts all over the world, Yod, Sony's number one argument becomes... They're going to make Call of Duty exclusive, and that's too yeah. big for them to do so. Right. <laughs> it kind of cripples your case when bit, you open up bit. that way. When you open up that a little way. Bit. Yeah, yeah, just just a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't I, I don't think the Call of Duty play was a good play. <laughs> I mean, Call of Duty is a big it is a big money maker. It oh makes no doubt. Everybody, yeah. yeah and we learned in this suit, it makes two times more money on PlayStation than it does on Xbox. So right. Every so incentive force, for Microsoft to want to keep it there. Right. I mean, well, the other thing is you force people to play Call of Duty on Xbox, and then people buy Xboxes instead of PlayStations. Well, that would be the theory, but that's <clears> never right. what happens, right? That it just isn't, or they would have done certain things with certain titles a long time ago. Right. There right. are certain things that move. Nintendo has a lock on this, and Dom, you can probably speak to this better. <laughs> Nintendo does have an absolute lock on that concept. They don't put Mario on 
anything. They don't put yep. Metroid on anything. They don't put Zelda on anything. There's no PC port, legal PC ports. There's there's no ports to other consoles. You want to play these marquee Nintendo titles, you buy a Switch or whatever our console is at the moment, and that's it, period. They have this yeah. on lock. If the other companies right. could have gotten away with it too, they would have done it already. They would have been doing it for years. So yep. there, there is, there is the the mar the problem that I, I see with um, the games you mentioned is they started at Nintendo. Those were first uh, proprietary Nintendo titles to begin with. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they're in, they're in all internal. Case, it's all first party. Right. It, it's it's all um, it's not it's all first party. In this case, they're making a title first party as opposed to by purchasing it. <laughs> But it, it, it was a <laughs> it was a title that was third party, and they're making it first party. Yeah, so, I mean, right. But so, like, but to to that point, Sony already does this, right? God of War and Last of Us, and and granted, they're late to the party. They tried to do what Nintendo did, right? Use your first right. party titles to sell units. Turns out, long run, it's better to use it to sell units and put it on PC. <laughs> it turns, right, yeah. turns out it's better to do both. So going so, in with the argument of Call of Duty becoming exclusive, it, we saw in this court stuff, Dom, that this deal basically has to be profitable from day one for Microsoft. Right. Yeah. Like in their documents and their financial analysis, this deal needs to start making money from day one. I mean, it it already will. It has nothing to do with anything. Like they're gonna own Candy Crush, they're fine. So, um, <laughs> the <laughs> but like I was just talking to one of my friends uh, earlier today about this actually, and it's like if you are a gamer, right, and especially if you're a Nintendo gamer, you're playing Nintendo. You're playing with an expectation of a certain type of product, right? If you're a, a fan of Call of Duty, you're not buying a Nintendo console to play Call of Duty. You're a PC gamer or a Sony or an Xbox gamer. Right. Nintendo is almost like a supplemental console. It is very rarely your only or main console, depending on your stage of, of gaming. Yeah. Like if you're if you're a newer entry level gamer, uh, younger gamer, you're probably going to end up with a Nintendo as one of your first consoles. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're in your late teens, college years or above, you're going to have an Xbox, a PlayStation, one of the two, or both, and Sony, I mean, uh, and Nintendo on the side. It's just, that's that's what it's going to be. Or you're a PC gamer with a Nintendo console. Nintendo is just, it's it's in this weird state. It's your supplemental console. It is not the main thing. Like, you even look at, like, I think there's an argument in here specifically toward Call of Duty and Nintendo where you have to yeah. basically create the game from the ground up. And yeah. is it even the same game at that point? Because we found Nintendo out in, is the, just, in this in this stuff that Bobby Kotick like views that as one of his biggest mistakes, like viewing the Nintendo Switch as just this, you know, lesser piece of equipment. And so not putting Call of Duty on there as early as they did and finding out, holy shit, we make a ton of money if we put this thing on the Nintendo Switch, which yeah. they they have. To your point about consoles, though, uh, the Switch is playing a really interesting role in this suit. It's like both companies, both sides, the FTC and Microsoft, have to acknowledge it, but both sides are trying to do kind of different things with it. The FTC mm -hmm. wants the Switch, at least in most of their presentations, to not be part of this competitive view 
between Microsoft and Sony. They want it to be exactly what you're saying. Hey, it's lesser piece of hardware. It's niche. It's aimed at a younger audience. This is not a competition between these three big dogs. It's a competition between these two big dogs and Nintendo just doing the, the Nintendo dog just doing its own thing off to no. the side. No, no. <laughs> just, just doing its own thing off the side. Where Microsoft kind of wants to bring it in and say no. They're it's they have the third largest selling console of all time in the Switch. They deserve to be part of this discussion for some things, but not other things, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for some things, but not other things. Ironically, on last week's uh, Always Online podcast on MMO Bomb, the question of the week was, hey, if you're a console baby out there, do you prefer one console or another, uh, or do you play them all? And I know this is super anecdotal, right? But every single answer, Dom, was exactly to your point. I game on PC, and I have a Switch for the other stuff. Yep. I mean, I'm a little bit of a, a separate case, because... When I bought my PlayStation, Sony had exclusives, which is actually another point in this uh, this whole fiasco here. Uh, you had stuff like Spider-Man. You had stuff like The Last of Us that weren't available on PC. Uh, and I specifically bought a PlayStation to play those. And then I had my PC to play everything else. And then I had my niche Nintendo consoles. So I was still covered on all fronts of gaming to play anything that I wanted to play. And Microsoft is never even a factor in that equation. Like... I've never, outside of like Halo, even considered buying a, uh, a, a Microsoft uh, console because that's the only title that was really exclusive to them for any period of time. There's a ton of stuff in here, Yod, that is just super interesting. By the way, if you guys are ever trying to redact documents, don't do it with a fucking <laughs> Sharpie. No. No, Sharpie not? is... Oh, you do it with a highlighter, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they might as well have. That's basically what happened yeah. to the documents when you put them in a scanner. Uh, is the, the Sharpie yep. becomes a highlighter for most things. We got to see the hundreds of millions that Sony has spent on things like The Last of Us and uh, Horizon series to get those games developed. Obviously, we know that those are super expensive products to begin with, but yep. you may be surprised when things start hitting the two and $300 million range for those products to make sure that they uh, hit market. And then we've seen stuff like, yeah, Microsoft has tried to buy other companies or at least thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Sega, Square Enix, few other companies. Yeah. I saw people, oh, look at this. They tried to buy Square Enix. It's nuts. And Sega, of course. Uh, of course they would. Like, I'm sure Sony has emails laying around where they were talking internally yod, about... Hey, would it benefit us to buy X or Y company? It's yeah, just how you run have, a business. Uh, <laughs> didn't we have another conversation about uh, approaching Japanese companies in particular? Yeah, and it uh, gets challenging, right? Yeah, it can, it, yeah, it can it, be done, but it gets it, challenging it, when you're outside right. of Japan trying to buy into Japan. Right. Which Sony would have a, a little bit advantage there since you know the parent company, Sony, is a Japanese company. But yeah, for Microsoft, that... Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a little rough going into Sega and going, "Hey, we want to buy you." Yeah, Sega, by the way, did say, "Hey, we're not, we are not for yeah. sale. We yeah. like working with Microsoft." And it's unclear from these documents, by the way, if there were any external uh, communication. Right? It looked like from these communications, it was just internally discussing. Another email, mm -hmm. Dom, that came out that that uh, everybody kind of, oh, or I saw people, oh, this is really damning for Microsoft. Uh, is internal emails where they were talking about strategies to put Sony out of the gaming market. 
from 2019. So before wow, what a bombshell, yeah, before <laughs> this, before this offer to Activision was even made. So yeah, the Activision purchase has nothing to do with this. But they were talking strategies for getting. Imagine that a company talking strategies about getting its primary competitor out of the market. That's nuts. It's crazy. That's unheard of. It's unprecedented. I don't, I don't know any company that would ever do such a thing. <sighs> nah, this doesn't happen. Exclusives, obviously, a big part of this. The one I will say this, Yad, one of the things that I thought was a little like, ooh, that doesn't look great on Microsoft, is all the documentation that came out and the witness testimony that came out that before Microsoft bought Bethesda, all of those different titles were going to be cross-platform, and Microsoft right. came in and shut them down from being cross-platform and pushed them to just PC and Xbox. While like I'm not surprised that they yeah. did that with like Starfield and Redfall, and you know, right. I don't think they're going to do that with Elder Scrolls Six whenever the hell that comes out. But they certainly could. Um, uh, it was kind would, of surprising would... that it caught how how much it caught the Zenimax Bethesda teams unaware right they thought right. they were still developing for multi-platform and right. while i think call of duty is a different beast than of course redfall or starfield or or any of those products certainly a different beast you, you there's no equivalent equivalent there you can see sony wanting to jump in and make the argument of see they bought the company right. and then even the company didn't know they were going to do this until they did it right so no no would you do, do you think Mike, do you think Redfall would have been any better if it released on multi-platform? <laughs> no, it's still a dumpster fire, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> still a dumpster fire. Whatever console or machine you're playing it on, it's still trash. <laughs> would it be um, good on a TI-85 graphing calculator? <laughs> uh, just for the morbid curiosity, yeah. Yeah, probably would. Probably yeah. would. What are some other things you saw in here, Dom, that you're like, that's interesting. That's interesting. It's just it, it's the the fact that they blame Sony for like the reason of behind like they, they they the CEO of Microsoft is like I want nothing to do with exclusives but we have to have them because of Sony and they're they're the driving reason why they have to exist and it's like if you don't want to do them just don't do them you know like if if Sony's doing them Sony's doing them let them do them but it, like if you really feel that strongly about them don't do them you know. It seems like you're making an excuse for a reason to do them because you have to compete. And if if that's if that's the case, if that's the logic, <laughs> then I don't know. It's just it's all it's all completely like ridiculous to me. And like like you said, you look through and there's the upcoming Indiana Jones game, right? That was supposed to be multi-platform, and then the documents are finding out that the the cross-platform and it's PC, Xbox only now. You know, and it's just like. There's there's a lot of stuff going on that I just like. Seems like they're cutting corners. They're just uh, sweeping stuff under the rug. I'm not. I'm not too thrilled on on this whole acquisition. I'm gonna be honest. Really? Uh, yeah. I don't know, but. You don't you uh, so let me ask you this then. Uh, maybe you don't like the acquisition itself, but do you think it's a better thing for Activision Blizzard given the state, particularly Blizzard's in right now? I think it's a better state for the fans of Blizzard games, um, because that gets Bobby Kotick, you know, out of the picture, potentially, uh, or or more likely. But uh, yeah, I don't, 
I don't know. Hmm. Yod, what are you seeing in, in all of the, the shenanigans? The, the exclusives thing is, is very interesting, and that, that's an, one of the things that I was kind of interested in, too. Because back in the day when I used to play Warcraft, I played it on a Mac. Right. I, I didn't have all this PC stuff I have back here. I, I had a giant Mac tower, and, and the the wife, before she was my wife, uh, she was playing she on a say, PC. She used to say, you the Mac. You to Mac. You to Mac Daddy. <laughs> but she was playing on her PC stuff, and I was playing on Macs, and we could play seamlessly. And and that was one of the things about Blizzard back in the day, was that <laughs> was that all the yeah that that's a terrible pun, but <laughs> was that yeah there's there's cross platform stuff like that we're arguing these days between PlayStation and Xbox and right. stuff like that, but. Since it's Microsoft, we also have to kind of look at PC, PC as in Windows machines and Macs. Because mm. with the latest Diablo 4, you can't play that on a Mac. No, not yet. Pissing a bunch of people yeah. off, too, by the way. Right, which, which that was the thing back then. It was, like it was so seamless. Other games <laughs> you could play on both OSs. Yeah, <laughs> there's that one that's pissed off. I mean, it used to be so seamless that, you know, they, they'd program for both of them. And it, it was, and I mean, I suppose part of it has to do with the fact that Macs are doing silicon chip Macs now. And there's a little bit of different architecture and all that stuff. But that used to be one of the things. So it, seeing how Diablo 4 was released makes me kind of wonder, are they already tweaking, you know, their schedules and stuff where it's like, okay... We're just gonna start phasing out other things and just develop for a Windows Xbox platform. Yeah, I liked uh, all the Game Pass information that's been coming out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sony not a fan of like trying to match the type of service that Game Pass does. Trying to put on the argument of you know Game Pass is absolutely cannibalizing sales, which we all said. You know, how is this gonna be long term profitable? Right? Like, right. You know, and games not selling well as as well as they could because they're on Game Pass. But then you have the flip side of that, where you have developers, primarily smaller developers or mid range developers, not typically like your AAA big dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Where where they say, "Hey, man, the 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 Game Pass has done wonders for us, including like Football Manager, right? The uh, Football Manager, that company said, hey." There are a ton of people that have never played any of our manager games that played it because of Game Pass. And now in the future, it doesn't matter what platform we're on, they will follow because they liked the game and they want to get the next game, which is kind of the balance we always discussed on this show as the equilibrium you want to reach, right? You might take a loss on some AAA sales because people are going to play it there, play through it, and then never circle back on that God of War game. I know they're that's not on Game Pass, obviously, but that single-player <laughs> RPG, right? Uh, they're not going right. to finish that action game and then come back and buy it in, in all likelihood. But you do get a lot of other products from companies out in front of eyeballs that generally don't get that, that kind of opportunity. Uh, exactly to count. Nobody would really have heard of Hi-Fi Rush without Game Pass. I think Hi-Fi, it's yeah. the, kind of the perfect example, right? I think Hi-Fi Rush would have gotten there, but it would have taken another year of reaching that critical mass of streamers that have followings that are worth a damn finding it 
and mm-hmm. then it would kind of, it would pull like the Among Us, right? Where Among Us was around for years, but it needed to reach that critical mass of popular streamers finding it, and now everybody knows what it is. Well, yeah. p- and pandemic. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, one of those certainly helps uh, <laughs> if you're trying to sell some things that you can do inside the house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, gang, I think this goes through. I think they'll come to some type of arrangement in the UK because actually the UK's own legislative body like questioned the CMA's decision because the rest of the mm-hmm. EU approved it. And so the, <laughs> the legislation in uh, or the legisl- legislators in the UK were kind of like, what the hell? Like, why did you decline this and the rest of Europe said it's okay? (laughs) One of the other things that I thought was funny was there's a quote from the judge uh, where she was just like, I don't understand why Sony wouldn't want to make their subscription service better. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, like, oh, no, even the judge is calling Sony out. Yeah. The judge had some interesting quips and questions there and here and there. I mean, there was some funniness about uh, that Thor game and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Not remembering God of War and stuff. That that Thor game Um, is in the judge's hands, Jacqueline Scott Corley. There was a little bit of controversy about this, too, uh, with the judge, because the judge's son works for Microsoft. And so there there was a little controversy over that uh, Mm. from people external to the case. Now, to be fair to the judge, who thought this does not compromise me in any way, shape, or form, is that the Sun is lower-level Microsoft and has nothing to do with like the game space uh, or or the video game uh, side of Microsoft. But some people external to the case tried to make the argument, Yod, that you know, well, you know, if if you rule against them, it doesn't matter. You know, he could have. Promotions denied him and not or be fired and told different why. However, I got to assume that both parties were okay with it because both the FTC and Microsoft, nobody objected in formal court to have the judge either recuse or reconsider. Right. Yeah. I mean, in in well, Sony Sony's not in court. You got to you got to be careful here. To Cal saying yeah. not an issue, Sony would have brought that up ASAP if they cared. Sony's not in court. Yeah, this is the yeah, FTC not, against right. Microsoft. Right, Sony's uh, not. And I've seen that by the way. Some people trying to paint the FTC as doing Sony's job here. If they are, they're horrible at it. <laughs> they are horrible at it. Horrible at it. But yeah, I mean, I mean I, the FTC, not Sony in this case, but the FTC certainly would have the most gripe. To potentially mm-hmm. bring that in, uh, bring that up, and they did not. Right, they did not. And, and I mean, I can see, I can see that coming up as an issue if, if it, you know, if they were worried about that. Because I mean, yeah, you're you're working for the company that's you know being decided upon, and if this, the the case doesn't go your way, and you're you know the person is in your company, there there could be. You know, like you said, promotions denied and all that stuff. But if both parties are confident that that's not going to happen, that they can separate one from the other, then that then both parties are you know okay with it. It got also go the other way though. Like if if it goes through, the person could be given promotions. Right, right. right. There there could yeah. be that problem as well. Yeah, uh, I so. you know. I'm I mean, I'm more of the I'm one of those guys that's like particularly if you're a judge, right? Like if I got elected to be the magistrate here in my area, 
Like mm-hmm. I would just go out of my I do this on MMO bomb and that's this stuff nobody cares about. Video games and shit like that, right? But it's like I go out of the way to just avoid even the appearance of impropriety. Right. Uh, or or bias. And like right. if I was the judge, although you do have to argue that like you're talking about Sony, Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard, like <laughs> there that's what probably about 16 to 20 percent of the the workforce in the united states works for those those companies so but yeah i'm i am very big maybe she should have recused i apparently it's not a problem with either party the the judge have to does uh have the case activision blizzard and microsoft agreed to terminate the deal if it's not through done by july 18th that's in 10 days the yeah, judge said, yeah, "You know, I might not have a decision on the injunction by them, but I'll, I'm obviously I'm mindful of that date. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people reporting on that date. Trust me, if <laughs> Microsoft and Activision think things are going to go the way they want them to go, if they need to sign an addendum to back that date out a little bit, they will 100% do it. Oh, probably. Yeah. The only thing that might that might put that in jeopardy." is if uh, Activision thinks it won't go through, because then they'll try to get that $3 billion, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Be less inclined to give Microsoft the additional time for appeals and things like that. Oh, we also Got learned that Kotick was, like, negotiating things in the background, which people thought was surprising, and I was like, he still runs the company. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't yeah. get purchased, he's still got to make sure he's in a good spot. Like, I, I don't like the guy, but... I can't fault him for trying to do deals behind Microsoft's back. Microsoft doesn't own them yet. Right. It's got, it's got to be business as usual until the ink dries on that signature. It's Kyle saying most people are saying the 12th. I mean, yeah, that seems about right. Tuesday, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday of next week, something like yeah. that. It's, it's like, yeah, do the job until it's no longer yours. Exactly. Uh, I would think that the judge will have a decision by the 18th. This has been in the judge's hand for a week now. Uh, I, I don't think the date really is going to impact things here. Well, got to wait for I all those like, bribes to come in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the judge already has a decision, but, like, is just crossing the T's and dotting the I's, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? I the judge gave both parties the business on certain things. Yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely. Ask some good questions. Somebody, uh, other people were making a big deal out of one of the things where uh, the FTC lawyer said something about um, this being harmful to Sony and the judge retorting with, I don't care about Sony, I'm talking about being uh, unfair or harsh to consumers. And people were like, see, they're doing the, the FTC is doing Sony's work. Uh, what that quote was severely missing was the FTC was quoting Jim Ryan's testimony about something being harmful to Sony, not the FTC making the argument that this was harmful to Sony. Like, come right. on, you got to look at the big picture. The redactions are horrible. You have the ability to look at the big picture. <laughs> You're not missing anything. Are you sure? Are you sure? Those redactions might not, not sure? have been in Sharpie. Right. Could have been something else. Hey, uh, before we head on to just some miscellaneous news, Baldur's Gate 3 moved up its release date. Mm. How you sweet don't hear is that, very often. that, Dom? You don't hear that very often, especially <laughs> recently, uh, where people are still using COVID as an excuse for, <laughs> for things being delayed. So hearing something get bumped earlier is is a pleasant surprise. Um, I believe I believe console is pushed back though, and yeah, that so it's weird. Yeah. Like they moved it up to get the hell away from Starfield. Like they yeah. don't want anything exactly. to do with Starfield, so they yeah. jumped it up from August thirty first to August third. 
But then ironically, I had to delay the PlayStation 5 a week uh, off of its original release date. So that'll come out the week of September 6th, the week Starfield comes out. So <laughs> that'll be but, uh, that'll be a little weird. A, but it's always hard. a problem with Xbox release. Um, there, yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's they're, listed yet. They're having <laughs> problems with the Xbox uh, version, particularly yeah. with the multiplayer components. And they've literally said, yeah, that, you know, if we actually get this to Xbox, it we may have to make some serious compromises to get it on there. It's because they do split screen co-op. And yeah. it's not working yeah. well on the Series S, the, right. the cheaper and, unit. And the, the contracts apparently say that for both the X and the S, the yep. options to play have to be exactly the same. Exactly. Which means yeah. if they can't do it on the S, they can't do it on the X. Yup. So yeah, that, that that is one of the problems when you have such a lower tier machine for a cheaper price. It's always I mean, frustrating too when you have two titles that like people are both looking forward to that you know like you want to release and you want to get in people's hands. You don't want to get it out too soon. You want to make sure you have enough time to get it polished and all that. And then it's like, oh, it drops on the same, you know, date as something else. Like I. Outside of gaming, like I've I've been a huge fan of the Saw franchise, and Saw Ten is coming out this year. It's going to be October twenty seventh. It's coming out, which just so happens to now be the same release date as the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, and it's like <sighs> that's frustrating. But I'm going to go see both, so I don't care. I saw Indiana Jones last week. Uh, yeah, how's that? Why? Uh, it's an average action movie, which okay. you know, uh, my son and I that saw it, we walked out and we were like. It's not like this glorious send-off for Harrison Ford that you probably want as an Indiana Jones fan and as much as I want, but you're kind of like, you know what? That is the fourth best Indiana Jones movie, and it is still eight movies ahead of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. There are eight non-Indiana Jones movies in my top 13 (laughs) Indiana Jones movies from 5 through 13, from 5 through 12. Uh, Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I didn't hate Crystal Skull until the CGI monkeys were swinging from the trees. That's the moment I like shut my brain off, and like it didn't get better from from there on. You know, so See, now I got to go rewatch it. I love <laughs> Indiana Jones. I, I must have blanked out the CGI monkeys. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Shia LaBeouf catches up to trucks driving through the jungle by swinging on vines, Tarzan uh, style. Yeah. <laughs> It's just yeah. yeah, I don't remember that yeah. part. Cinematic oh, yeah. masterpiece. My, I took yeah. my boys to see that when it came out, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in the theater. My, my daughter was too young. She didn't care yet. My boys were like 7 and 10 or 6 and 9, something like that. And, uh, and they had seen Indiana Jones, right? Um, and so I took them, and they're excited. I'm excited, right? It's the first Indiana Jones movie since Last Crusade, man. Uh, and I go, we go and see it, and we're walking out of the theater. My boy's very young, right? Nine, six, something like that. Oh, that's so great. Like, they're just bouncing and bopping, like, just because for them it was great. It was you know, There were aliens, there was a spaceship, and then he flew in a refrigerator, and then the prairie dogs, and then the, <laughs> the, the monkeys, and, like, they absolutely loved it. Oh, daddy, 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 didn't you like it? And I'm like, you know, I got to put on good dad face, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good part. Yeah, it was a good part. Inside, my soul is like, Indy! <laughs> what have they done to you? So you would you would say one three two five four? Uh no one three two five four one three two five four. You said one two three said? five four. No, I said one three two five four. Oh then yeah 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 yeah. Okay yeah yeah okay. yeah. Raiders Crusade Temple 
Do- yep. uh, Destiny and then Skull, Crystal Skull. Yep. Yeah, that would be um, my list. Without even seeing the movies, and one and three, dumb. depending on my mood, might might flip. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually agree with yeah. that too. But without even seeing the most recent, the Dial of Destiny, that's I agree with that order. So, so yeah. Last Crusade is is my top. Hey, I'm not gonna fault you for that. I'm not gonna. I There's some either. great lines in that one. There's some yeah. great lines in that one. <laughs> you left just when you were becoming interesting. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines. I suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so fast forward, my wife and kids are in Florida, except for my oldest boy, Michael, uh, for the last two weeks with um, with my in-laws. And uh, he shoots the whip guy in Raiders. Um, and he did that because he was sick on film that day. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was not part of the script. He shoots huh. the sword guy, yeah. Harrison Ford was ill. And so okay. he just shot the guy and they were like, keep it. We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford actually asked ahead of time. He was like, can I just shoot the guy? And they were like, yeah, sure. Let's give it a whirl. Um, the guy was pissed. Though. <laughs> yeah, he was really pissed because he had a whole choreographed sword fight scene there. Uh, so we, my son, my oldest son is like, yeah, we'll go see it. And, uh, and I said, man, you liked Crystal Skull. And he was like, hey, I was young. I didn't know any better. I have since I I have since watched it. It's not good. It's not good. I'm like, yeah, it's not. Anyway, some miscellaneous gaming news, uh, gaming related. It has been found, gentlemen. Magic the Gathering releasing the Lord of the Rings collaboration set with a single version of a special serialized the One Ring card. It was found. There's still a bounty, people, uh, somebody trying to grab it for about $2 million. We don't know if it'll actually be sold at any point yet. We don't know yet. I would sell that faster than you know. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They, were, they would be like, who found it? And I would have been sitting there in my Scrooge McDuck money like, I don't know, who found it? <laughs> <laughs> like, it already would have been sold. They sent it to PSA, had it graded and sealed immediately, came across as Mint 9. You know, sometimes you can't do anything about certain things. No, uh, yeah. Any anything above nine has to do with the printer, and make sure the margins are right and the cuts are right and the printing is clear and precise and the colors are, you know, extremely, you know, here yeah. and there and it's yeah out of person control. I hit both uh, chase cards in the last two because Final Fantasy really doesn't do chase cards except they started doing them two sets ago. I hit okay. both just through random pools. Like I did not overspend go chasing them i spent what i normally spend on booster boxes for each set uh, and i pulled both sent them both got them graded psa both came back 10 super happy nice super nice happy. Yeah. that's perfect 10 dom do you do you keep this and just hold on to it uh, or do you cash out for two million like there's only uh, one the, the value is just right. gonna go up right right that's the tricky part because it's like i i don't play magic and i don't uh I'm not a collector of like Lord of the Rings or, you know, anything like that. I'm a fan, but not a collector. So it's like, it's one of those things where if I just happen to buy a booster and I stumbled across it, I'd kind of want the money quickly because you don't necessarily know how long it would stay at that price. But then it always risks going up in value. And uh, then you kind of kick yourself if it goes from like two to 10 you know, in in the matter of a year or two. So it, it's tricky. What about you, Yod? You cash out $2 million, take that instant yeah. payday. You could do a lot with $2 million, yep. man. Cash out, because as, as, as an avid collector of stuff, 
unless you know you're that uber rich person already this this type of collectible is not something to keep in your collection yeah another thing would also be security because eventually someone's going to find out that you're the one with it and yeah. at two zach million... in chat hi zach how are you my friend good to see you literally gave my exact answer is oh, yeah give got? me that two million and you know what? Five hundred thousand of that immediately is just going into investments that'll be yep. infinitely more profitable yep. percentage-wise exactly. over the short term than <clears throat> than trying to hold out for the price exactly. to go up. Exactly. I think. But your investments in uh, Blizzard Activision. Oh yeah, they're doing <laughs> swimmingly, swimmingly. Little late for that, my friend. Those stockholders <laughs> are about to be paid out if this goes through, though. Oof. Yeah. We're also yeah. getting a hey. We're getting a new football game that is not. By EA. Not by EA. Saber Interactive making a uh, football game kind of in the, the vein of its NBA Playground series, so very uh, arcade you know, not quite a Blitz, but there is some Blitz-type stuff there, if you remember Blitz from back in the days. Colin Kaepernick oh, yeah. going to be on the game's cover of the game. Uh, and it won't have the teams, but it is licensed with the uh, NFLPA, so they can use player names. So they can use, but you can't be a Pittsburgh Steeler, but you could be Ben Roethlisberger, for instance, if they decide to license that name. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's nice, but it doesn't really compete with Madden, and though, in my book, and I think that's what everybody wants, right? A football game that competes or is better than Madden to force evolution yeah. there, right, Don? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big sports fan, so uh, I'd rather have a, a game with like Ted Lasso on it than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Madden uh, definitely needs a true competitor. Remember the gay, the 2K games, man. 2K and 2K1 on the Dreamcast. I mean, don't even look at Madden. Oh, oh. I was all I was all about those Sega NHL games. Oh, yeah. Well, the 2K, yeah. The, that's the 2K series. Yeah, yeah. NHL on the Dreamcast, man. Oh, oh, the days. Nothing, nothing beats Super Tech Mobile. Yeah, a lot, I think a lot does. Football game. I think a lot does. No, no, that is the best football game. Super Tech Mobile. My Dreamcast is is Tuzeb saying their Dreamcast is plugged in. Mine is not plugged in, but it is in my living room. It's right on what top about of the just shelf. What about just baseball on uh, NES? Oh, God, yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. Yep. You could build your own players. You can make your own team. Hey, uh, lots yep. of riots and stuff going on in France. And, you know, obviously condolences to the entire situation there. Hope everybody is staying safe. Uh, and Right right during TwitchCon Paris, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got my invite to, to there from TwitchCon. I was like, yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> Why do I bring this up? You know, obviously, I hope the situation you know, settles down and justice is served uh, in, in the, the reasons behind all of this, which we're not going to go into on this show. However, um, <laughs> I'm going to bring it up here because French President Macron uh, blamed the riots on a number of things, including parents for not keeping their children away from the riots, social networks playing a part by inflaming tensions, uh, and being used to organize protesters. And the two, the coup de grace here was blaming video games. He did, said, did there is a feeling some... And there's translations here, so bear with me. It may not be an exact quote. 
There is a feeling uh, some are living on the streets like in the video games that have intoxicated them. You, you, are, are you sure we didn't just travel back in time to the 90s? Because I could swear we heard this before. <sighs> the old boogeyman, Dom. Damn those video games. Hey, it's National Video Game Day today, by the way. Oh, wow. According to my uh, garbage pale calendar, that's what it is. <laughs> Although Google is saying that that's actually September 12th. So I don't know which is right oh. now. Oh, but National Today is saying that it's today. Wait, that's the same site. <laughs> okay, so no, they're saying it's today. Yeah, okay, so my calendar okay, so is it's right. Today. It's today. Happy it's National Video Game Day, everybody. Happy National Video Game today. Blame anyone and anything but yourself. Exactly. Exactly, Troy. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So Yod added this to the show notes. And usually <laughs> like I put a little blurb about, hey, this is why I want to talk about this on the show. And then you know, there's a link to resources that the host can go look at, form opinions on things, and come back. Like I don't tell them exactly, we're going to talk about this, then I'm going to say this, then I'm going to ask this. It's just boom. <laughs> Like, for instance, that last one about the French president blaming video games, it just says, oh, for fuck's sake, and then has the link. Um, <laughs> Yod added this, and his note on there says, still a thing? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> so what is, what is still a thing that you're surprised by? BlizzCon. Yeah? Yeah, considering, you know, the state of everything right now and them being, you know, in the midst of a purchase, all the... Other reports of, you know, the things that happened at previous BlizzCons, pre-pandemic and all. And the special hotel rooms and such. I did not think they would uh, be so amped at charging people $300 to attend this thing again. Yeah, oh, I'm not mean... surprised it came back. That's the part that got me. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding? You have two tiers of tickets. Yeah. The first yeah, one is three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And then the second one is eight hundred dollars. Yeah. And somebody had, you know, kind of done a breakdown on BlizzCon in year past, what you got for general admission and the panels mm -hmm. and X, Y, and Z. And they were like, "This is like twice the price for half of the the content that that yeah. we've gotten in previous years." Three. I, I don't even think San Diego Comic Con is that much. I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't checked the prices in a while, but I, I, I don't think it's three hundred dollars a ticket. Well, what what about eight hundred a ticket? Yeah, yes. just suck my. Never mind. <sighs> so, I will say, though pricey, I'm I'm glad to see them finally do like a uh, like a separate registration and security line for. For like having that option available, which is something that I, I would have definitely taken part in years ago, uh, instead of standing in that line that wraps around the hotel twice, and then <laughs> you know, uh, fighting the uh, the stampede of of wild rhinos to like get through the door as soon as the doors open. Like I I, I would have liked an alternative uh, thing if it was you know even like a hundred or two more, but five hundred dollars more. Hundred. Like, dollars yeah that's just yeah because you always want to keep the festival celebrating your video game community accessible i mean that's the key <laughs> right? right is making them 
accessible. 300 bones I, or 800 bones. I just bought like uh some some 41 is doing a tour right now or whatever. Yeah, I just isn't bought it their two last tickets. One? It's their last yeah, one yeah, ever yeah. and it's like the nostalgia feel of like I've seen them a couple times or whatever, but I, I want to be there for them to go out, you know, whatever. Even though they're not a band that I actively listen to all the time, I have a lot of nostalgia around them. I bought two tickets for the show, still less than buying one of these premium BlitzCon tickets. Yeah. And, oh. and they're like, oh, by really the way, your flight and your hotel too. and your. Yeah. Yeah, my, my hotel for MomoCon was less than a premium ticket. I just two. booked a hotel yesterday in Raleigh, North Carolina for three nights, a Friday through a Sunday night. And right. it was less than this. And I right, don't yeah. go to cheap hotels. Yeah, well, San Memorial Diego Comic-Con is a grand for a four-day pass? No? Noseward says? I don't know. I've never been to Comic-Con. Yeah, I, I haven't been either. But um, that's also a four-day pass. This well, this is, is what, three days. This is three. Yeah. yeah. Three days. This is three. And, I mean, it's... Comic-Con is, you know, it's it's Comic-Con. We, we, we all, we've all heard of what it is. This is yeah. a event for one company correct but if you so, want to break it down it's a hundred a day at the general admission right place. so so it, it's a, it's i i just i can't see it i, I mean what like I feel comic-con saying. 2023 badge prices yeah uh well, we for a single night adults ranged anywhere from 55 to 75 per night the preview night was 55 the thursday friday saturday were 75 and Sunday was 50. Obviously, there's right. package rates that I, I can't right. find anymore uh, very quickly. But those were the single day if you wanted to walk up and just buy a pass for that day. Right. The the one mistake I think Blizzard is still making here is not having uh, per day tickets. That is a problem, yeah. So, you know, I think, <laughs> I think this would be a little more tolerable if it was like, hey, I had the option to just buy Friday. Right. You know, for 100 bucks or something. And then people would be like, all right, whatever. Because that's me. I don't care about the rest of BlizzCon. When I did go, I really went for the opening ceremony, which is technically right. free to watch anyway, like on right. your computer. So if you really wanted to sleep in, you're not missing much. You could just, you know, whatever, you watch it then. But it's like, and then anything else that I would do at the actual convention was like, go meet like developers and talk, you know, and hang out there. I, I didn't sit at a single panel. I didn't care because we have the virtual pass which I have better seats at home than I do at, at the convention itself. Uh, or if it was like little games like they would have at the Dark Moon Fair where it's like, hey, try to win these prizes. And that stuff was fun. You know, go stand in the, the little booth where they blow the, the tickets around at you and you got to catch as many things as you can and stuff right. them in your shirt. And what like that, that stuff was fun. I didn't care about any of the rest of it. And I really only ever went for the people, which... You know, I looked at these prices because I'm going to be in uh, Vegas slash California like a week prior to this. And I was trying to figure out if it's worth it to stay like an extra week down to even like go hang out. And look. And I'm like, yeah, for three hundred dollars for entrance. Like, number one, I'm not even entertaining the fact to go inside. I don't care oh. that much about Blizzard anymore. But like, right. who's going? Am I going to like even have the opportunity to meet anyone? I'm looking at it and I go, I don't even want to be involved in this. Like, I just don't <laughs> care anymore. Yeah, I remember back in the day um, when we were doing Game Breaker, they got us a pass for uh, uh, Q and I to 
do the virtual con and we got a little box of presents and stuff from the con and we hooked up the computer to the tv and we had two other computers off to the side and you know we're doing reporting and stuff on the different events as we were switching through all the different panel rooms and the events and all that stuff and it was free i think for the virtual pass mostly or it was like maybe 25 bucks i want to say yeah, you get, you know, like you said, though, better yeah. seats. Nosword says the other thing about uh, conventions is that if they sell at a cheaper price, they tend to oversell. Then you have a shit show like Anime Expo would be the price, maybe be a deterrent, but also making up for the loss of numbers. Yeah, well, you know, anime, no, no, anime Expo is going to be massive no matter what. Even pre-pandemic, Anime Expo was the largest uh, anime con in the United States. It was the third largest convention overall. So yeah, that's going to be a shit show. It's going to be packed no matter what price they set it at. What if if you set the tickets for $2,500? And Anime Expo is actually more expensive than Comic-Con, apparently. Mm -hmm. One day Saturday or Sunday pass, $80. One day Monday, $70. One day Tuesday, $50. Expo is where all the anime companies that are going to be airing anything in America make their announcements. Oh, you're an anime company. Uh, <laughs> finishing off, we've had a lot of fun at Lord of the Rings Gollum's expense on this show. <laughs> Awful bit. lot of fun with that that game for the last year. It's been good. But I honestly, Dom, can't say, while I could... F- predictably forecast this was going to be a bad game. I did not think it was going to kill the company. Uh, and it basically has. The company is not gone. Daedalic Entertainment still exists. Kind of. They were actually working on another Lord of the Rings game. No surprises here. Uh, spoiler, that's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler, that's canceled. And they're actually reorganizing the entire company. The entire company. Uh, they're cutting some positions and it's going to try to support those people, but they are no longer going to make games. They're now going to become a publisher instead, (laughs) which they already (laughs) had partnership agreements to publish some other things. So, and they say that they're working on eight promising releases set for the next financial year. Um, Mm -hmm. but from the company here that uh, a difficult break, but also a new beginning in the already long history of Dedalic Entertainment. <sighs> the follow-up will be discontinued, and they become a publisher only. My precious. Yeah. Not, not very surprised. Not very well, surprised. I'm surprised it hit that hard. Well, when you start locking uh, lore for your game and like correct time period uh or, or like vocals like a uh, like audio uh, of the the correct language being spoken for like the elves and stuff in the game behind what edition you buy that that starts becoming a problem that makes it even worse wow. than the gameplay itself so i didn't know about that part oh yeah yeah hey sad news before we head over to uh games of the week here beyond good and evil 2 creative director emile morel died uh 40 40 years old, passed away, uh, died suddenly, uh, shocking the game industry. We don't really have uh, a lot of details on why. Initially reported on on IGN, was working on Beyond Good and Evil 2. What impact that'll have to that absolutely cursed project remains to be seen. Uh, I still would like that game to come out. 
but yeah. No official announcement from Ubisoft on the cause of death. So condolences to Mr. Morell and family and everybody, uh, friends on the Beyond Good and Evil 2 team. Let's go do Games of the Week. Games of the Week is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here. It's where all three of us are going to recommend a game. Could be a video game, mobile game, card game, tabletop game, anything we're playing, have played in the past, or have yet to play, but think you should probably check out. And you let us know in the comments who gave the best recommendation, and give us one of your own. Yod, you're up first. Well, because we missed the 4th of July weekend, and uh, I was looking at my PlayStation catalog, everybody needs to play Broforce. You're a bro force. Bro force, force is amazing. <laughs> You're a bro force. <laughs> Dom. Because uh, we all know I have so much time to play a lot of uh, games uh, in general. <laughs> uh, one, I, I'll go to one that uh, I've recommended previously, uh, which is uh, Hunt Showdown. Uh, just recently, they started a uh, one of their new events, uh, Tides of Shadows. And... Uh, it uh, is the first time we have a brand new boss in two years that they've added to the game, uh, which is a, a wild roaming uh, uh, crocodile or alligator. Uh, she is uh, very vicious, named Rotjaw, uh, and it yeah. is uh, it's one of the one of the craziest uh, bosses that I've seen in the game uh, in a while. I'm, I was very excited for it. They added uh, this nice relaxing like rain weather effect in the game and. Uh, the little bit that I've gotten to play uh, of it so far, I've very thoroughly enjoyed. So Nice. Uh, last show that we had, I was playing Lunar Silver Star Story, so I threw that out there. I've since moved on and I'm replaying Shadow Hearts on the, the PlayStation 2. So absolutely a dark, gothic RPG. If you're looking something to scratch that RPG itch because 16 turned into an action game, grrr, uh, <laughs> then yeah, go ahead and check it out. Uh, I think you'll be delightfully impressed if you haven't played it before. That's going to do it for us here today. No uh, Torchwick after the show. Tarkoth will stream uh, later tonight. And remember, no Torchwick or Gaming Gumbo next Saturday. Both of us will be in North Carolina at the Square Enix Materia Cup for Final Fantasy TCG. We will have Relic Grind and all the other streams as normal just Saturday. So stay tuned for Tark later tonight. Until next time, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yacht Art works on all the socials, and whenever we come back on the show here on Gaming Gumbo, Dom, uh, you can find me down here uh, at It's Just on Twitter. Uh, I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, so you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast stream, Final Fantasy TCG, or just hanging out. Until next time, stay safe. See you on the servers. Would you call the new Final Fantasy game Final Fantasy Fans May Cry?